Today on the podcast, we're talking about flying the friendly skies and airport travel in general after losing your sight. What's up, VIPs? Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, and I'm joined today by my co-host and our resident sighted supporter, my lovely wife, April. Hello. Today, we're talking about riding, flying, on a plane, you know, that sort of thing, airport travel in general. I got a question from a uh, a listener who said, hey, could you talk about flying on an airplane? I'm getting ready to do that soon. And I thought, I'm getting ready to do that soon as well. So we're going to talk about it today. But before we jump into all that good stuff, I just want to remind you that you can find today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 076. Show notes includes links, resources, ways to subscribe to the podcast, and more. So if you want all that good information, hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 076. All right, so I got... Oh, there we go. All right, so I got no edits in this. That's right. We're not editing. Uh, so I got a question from a person who said, hey, I'm getting ready to go on a trip because I'm going to get a guide dog. And I was like, I'm going to get a guide dog. And so I'm going to go flying. And I have flown in the past all by myself. As a matter of fact, when I first got my guide dog way back in 2001, it was two months after 9-11. And so there was a lot of stuff going on in the airports. I mean, there was, you had to be there like two, three hours early and be waiting. And it was a whole big thing. But since then, we've gone traveling quite a bit and we've flown on an airplane. I've been by myself. We've flown together and even with our kids. So uh, do you remember the last time we flew? It was just you and I, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We went to Disney and we just flew on our own. So uh, was there anything about that that was out of the ordinary? Was it pretty standard stuff? I think it was pretty standard. It was nice because we didn't have the kids with us that time. Um, So it was just, I was able to just focus on the two of us and not have to worry about them, you know, trailing along behind us. Mm, (laughs) Or me, you know, pushing them ahead of us to make sure they stayed together. Yes, absolutely. All right, so uh, we just thought we'd cover a few different things here as far as traveling on an airplane or an airport travel. We're obviously not going to be able to cover everything in this podcast episode, but the good news is I've got some resources for you over in the show notes. Do you know where the show notes are, dear? lifeaftersightloss.com slash 076. There you go. That's right. That's where they are. So you can find the resources. Uh, There's stuff for you to check out there. Um, But I thought we'd jump into a few things here. So first of all, number one, you want to do your research and be prepared before you go on an airplane because there are lots of different things to do. For example, like one of the big things, it doesn't matter whether you're blind or not, but you have to have certain amount of liquids, right? Like you can only have a certain amount. What do you, do you know what it is? I'm, well, the last time we went, it was you could have a quart size Ziploc bag with no more than three ounces in each container inside that bag, but you can only have the containers that would fit inside that bag. So that was the amount of liquid that you could take on a carry on. Now, if you're taking, if you're checking a bag, then you can put, you know, big bottles of shampoo or sunscreen or whatever it might be in that bag, but that's what you can take on your carry on. And that was the last time we flew, which was almost two years ago now. So, mm. Oh, that is true. It's been a while. It has been a while. I forgot about that. <laughs> now, that's the thing. We, she just mentioned carry-on and checked baggage. If you've never flown on an airplane, you've got certain bags that you can take on the airplane with you and be up where you're, you're uh, sitting. 
or you have check bags which go underneath and that can have stuff in it. So again, doing your research, being prepared, especially if you've got a guide dog, uh, if you're going to go there and have a white cane, whatever it is, you want to do your research in advance. Ask questions, call the airline, uh, talk to your travel agent, whatever you're doing, and be prepared as much as possible. I mean, do you uh, do any certain thing when you go on the airplane? Like, is there any certain thing you definitely want to remember to take or to have, that sort of thing? I think a good thing to know is that, you know, the liquid restrictions in your carry-on, but also once you get through the gate and through security, you can buy drinks. Um, You know, you can buy a soda or get a coffee or whatever. And those things you can take on the airplane with you as well. So in the case of a guide dog, you know, you, your dog's going to need water. Of course you can't take that water into the airport with you, but once you get through security, you can buy a bottle of water to take on the plane with you to give the dog. Now you want to park the dog before you get into the airport because you don't want to have any accidents. There's nowhere to park a dog inside the airport, but nonetheless, you can buy those things. That way you have it available for the dog when you get to your destination. Absolutely. And Parking the dog, by the way, is relieving the dog, if Sorry. you're familiar with that term. No, that's <laughs> some some schools use park, some use relieve, some use other words. So uh, relieving your dog, letting him go potty, you know, right. whatever the case may be, definitely want to do that. And again, that's all coming down to planning, doing your research, and being prepared. Now, secondly, you want to make sure that you're planning for assistance through the wide open spaces of the airport. Airports are great, and I really like them, but the layout can be just wide open. There's all kinds of restaurants and bathrooms and chairs just all over the place so plan for assistance now when we're together we go through security together you know we're there together that sort of thing and even when we're going to be apart like for example if i'm flying by myself which i will do in a few months we plan for assistance they let you through security uh at least the last time i flew by myself which was a few years ago but they let you through security to go with me to give me assistance right yes so they um as long as i had my id Um, They gave me a pass to get through security to escort you to your gate. Mm. And then once you boarded the plane, then, of course, I had to head out. I wasn't able to just, like, stay and watch the plane take off. I had to get out once you were boarding. Um, So that way we got you to the correct gate. Because I think another thing in a lot of airports that we've been in, it's that the gates are at one point, but all of the seating areas run together as well. Mm, So you might be sitting in a um, seating area for a different gate than what you should be boarding at. So it's nice to have assistance, whether it's um, a sighted supporter that is in your life consistently or someone at the airport that can get you to the correct gate as well. Absolutely. And if you're going to the airport, again, call the airline, call the airport ahead of time, let them know you're coming. I'm going to be visually impaired. I've got a dog, got a cane, whatever. And when you go to check in, then you can let them know there. They'll usually send somebody over to you. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is a lot of times, I'll just let you know, they're going to send a wheelchair because all disabilities equal wheelchair, apparently. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got a disability? Here's the wheelchair. Now, just as a side note, sometimes I use it because I'm lazy. I'm like, yeah, push me around this airport. But for the most part, you can walk and just let them know, no, I can walk. It's fine. Um, but that way, they'll escort you through security in all the places. And she brought up a good point about the chairs all running together. Gate uh, number, you know, gate A12 could be right next to gate A11, but you don't really see the difference because they're all just one big right. group of chairs, right. if you will. So I think definitely if you're if you're going to, you know, um, find yourself in a gate, you want to make sure you know which seating 
uh, area you're in. That brings us to the third point is familiarize yourself with the gate area. Where are the restrooms? Where's the check-in desk? Uh, are there uh, restaurants, you know, near that area? So I would say go to the gate first, you know, go to the gate. And especially if you're with somebody, like if you're with a spouse or a friend, go to the gate, find that gate, find that person, talk to the agent and say, hey, I'm blind. I'm going to need some help. And they're like, okay, then go and familiarize yourself. So in case you're alone, you can find the restroom. You can find that sort of thing. So, I mean, is that a fair assessment? You know, Absolutely. No, I think that's great. And I mean, that goes with anything, any new place that you're in, you know, familiarizing yourself with the area. That way you can be as independent as possible. And, you know, you have that assistance available to you, but you can still have your independence as well. Absolutely. And remember, when you're at the airport, you can't leave your stuff unattended. So if you've got a bag and you've got a suitcase and you want to go to the restroom and you're by yourself you got to take all that with you. Right. So just keep that in mind. There's nothing wrong with that, but keep that in mind because you may not want to take that bag all around with you, but you don't really have a choice in the airport. So, and speaking of carrying your bags around with you, uh, the fourth thing is to travel lightly. And remember, you're probably only going to have one hand. Right. Now, what, I don't mean you're going to cut your hand off. I mean, you're probably going to have a guide dog or a white cane. And just as a side note, if you don't have a guide dog and you aren't using the white cane, I would encourage you, if you're going through the airport, use the white cane. Absolutely. Because most people in the airport are going to recognize that white cane. It's pretty standard. So have them check it out. So check out the white cane, use it. But remember, you're going to be down a hand. So you want to, I don't know, you don't have to pack completely lightly, but pack in such a way to where if that one hand is, you know, all you got, then you're prepared for that. What is it like, I, I will just say, ask the side of supporter, what is it like traveling with somebody who only has one hand? Do you have to carry twice the bags? Is that what ends up happening? Um, I mean, it can happen that way. I think the first time we went somewhere, maybe it was a little bit more cumbersome because I was carrying more than what you were and what, I don't know, it just seemed like I was maybe doing a little bit more. But we found out that um, if you wear a backpack, because you can usually take a personal item and a carry-on. So the carry-on would be the, you know, a small suitcase, um, certain measurements. And again, check mm-hmm. with your airline to see what those measurements would be. Um, but then the personal item is usually a purse or a backpack or a laptop bag, a computer bag of some sort. Um, and those things, that's, you know, personal item, meaning it has, you know, personal effects in it that um, aren't necessarily for an overnight stay. So... When we travel, Derek tends to use a backpack because he can then put that on his shoulders and not have to carry it. So then he can um, drag his carry-on because usually it's on wheels Mm -hmm. and then wear his backpack and still have a free hand. So I'm not trying to carry another item of yours while you're pulling your backpack or I'm sorry, pulling your suitcase. (laughs) Um, So that has that has seemed to help us or at least maybe a crossbody bag. It's not something that it just keeps the other hand free because you're going to have one hand on a carry-on potentially and then the other hand on your cane or your dog. Mm. So if you can do a crossbody bag or a backpack as your personal item, then that makes it a little bit easier and keeps that other hand free. Yeah, and I think the thing to remember is oftentimes, especially when we travel, we pack as much as we can because we're like, what if I need this? What if I need this? And we got yeah. all this stuff. And so Guilty. With your, yeah, so with your carry-on bags, you want to pack... I don't know, conscientiously, like, okay, what am I going to need? You know, maybe a change of clothes, uh, some toiletry items, things like that. But the more you pack, the more you got to carry. And like I said, you got to carry all that with you throughout the airport. And so if you don't want to carry that stuff around everywhere you go, just just keep that in mind. I know. Go ahead. The other thing is it depends on your airline as well as whether you're going to have to pay for 
um, baggage check or not. Mm. If you're going to have to pay to check a bag and you're only going to be gone for a weekend, then in your carry-on, you're going to want to pack as much as you can. So one, you don't have to pay for your baggage to be checked. But two, you don't have to stand at the baggage claim and wait for your bag to come around and you can just be on your merry way, catch your cab or Uber or friend or whoever's picking you up from the airport and not have to worry about that. So, you know, you may have to pack that carry-on kind of heavy if you're only staying for a couple days and you don't want to check a bag. So just keep that in mind as well. That's another option so that you don't have to wait at baggage claim. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's a big difference between flying and going two weeks to Europe or flying and going to a weekend to visit a friend. I mean, that's completely different packing situation. And you guys probably know that, but it's important to keep that in mind. And I think when you have that carry on, um, you know, you definitely want to have things that just in case your bag gets lost, I hate to mention that, but in case your bag gets lost, you want to have that kind of stuff. Right. But just be prepared and, and kind of know what it is you'll probably need. And again, if you have a guide dog, you're going to have that stuff in there as well. So keep that in mind. What are some things that we have gotten caught at the security checks for that we've had to throw away? You had peanut butter, right? I did have peanut butter one time. So I, I went on a trip to visit a friend and I stayed in an area or stayed in a hotel that had like a kitchenette or whatever. Right. And so I got a thing of peanut butter. Well, I didn't need a ton of it and it was a big jar. And so when I went through security, they were like, okay, we're going to need you to come over here. And I was like, oh no, what, what is <laughs> happening? You know. And so they, they brought me back and they're like, sir, did you know you had this peanut butter? And I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about peanut butter being liquid. I was like, you know, I was, yeah. And they're like, well, you can't take this on the plane. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was yeah. like, do I need to throw that away? And they're like, no, we'll take care of it. And then come to find out they were talking and basically they take it back to the break room and get free peanut butter. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, that, Lucky them. that was definitely something that happened. And what, what else? We got um, something. There was, was I think shampoo or one was sunscreen for sunscreen, sure. Yeah. I feel like it may have even been an aerosol sunscreen, which you can't do either um but that stuff's expensive it is that's right (laughs) you know think about those things because peanut butter i mean it's not horribly expensive but it's still expensive and sunscreen's like seven eight ten dollars a bottle if you get the really good stuff it's more than that so you know just remember those things whenever you're packing your bag you do not want to get caught with that because they'll just throw it away i mean our sunscreen they tossed into a pail and i assume they threw it away maybe Mm -hmm. they took it home Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they go through it after work and they're like, oh, look at this. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the thing. You've got to, rep- again, number one, be prepared, do your research and, and plan it all out as much as possible so that when you have those bags, you know what needs to go in it. Right. Uh, and so we talked about, you know, going through the airport finally and finally getting on the plane. The thing I always encourage people to do is talk to the flight attendant. Usually you're going to pre-board. And I don't know that the word pre-board, you can't board before you board, but pre-board anybody <laughs> nothing <laughs> anyway You're the first one on the plane <laughs> when you pre-board you get to go on there and usually first or second on the plane and they'll get you seated and they'll talk to you talk to your flight attendants let them know hey yeah my name's joe and yeah i'm visually impaired and whatever the case is and they're nine times out of ten they're very nice they're like if you need anything let me know if i can help you out and that way when they for instance when they come around and give you a drink they're, they know you're visually impaired, so they'll probably talk to you a little more. They'll give you uh, an idea of where the drink is, that sort of thing. But yeah, talk to your flight attendants. We've had, I mean, just really great flight attendants. Absolutely. You know? um, being visually impaired or anyone with a disability can usually pre-board. They do not want you sitting in the emergency exits, though. Mm, so right. um, they're, they are labeled. I'm not sure if they're labeled in Braille or not, but I mean, it's 
large red letters, but at the same time, it, you may not be able to see that. So just ask the flight attendants if there's anywhere that you can't sit as someone with a disability that you wouldn't be able to effectively help people get off the plane if there were an emergency. Yeah, absolutely. So you can check with your flight attendant. They'll make sure that you're not sitting in that area. Usually, if you're going to sit there, they'll check your thing like, oh, we're going to need to move you or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's pretty seamless. Not that big a deal. Right. So these are just a few things to keep in mind when you're going on an airplane. Now, of course, there's lots of other things. And like I mentioned, I've got some resources for you in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 076. But flying can be a lot of fun. We've had tons of fun going on an airplane. My kids love it. My daughter thinks it's the best thing in the world. The first time we went to Disney, after we got back, I asked her what her favorite thing was. And she said, going on the airplane. So she really, really enjoyed it. And I think it could be a lot of fun. Um, you probably got that whole thing about being a bit nervous about flying. But as far as being visually impaired, and getting through the airport, it can be great. Just keep these things in mind as you go. All right, so that brings us to our question for today. And the question is basically this, have you flown? And if so, what's some tips and tricks that you have? Do you have certain things you like to pack? Do you have certain places that you like to go when you're at the airport? Maybe restaurants that aren't out and about. Maybe you like to get that cup of coffee, whatever the case is. We want to hear about it, and I love hearing from you guys. So let me know. You can do that a few different ways. You can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. Hit me up on social media, or you can leave me a voicemail, and the number to do that is 317-721-1027. Now, if you just listened to all that and you were like, I don't remember anything you just said it's okay because you can find all those links at the show notes dear where's the show notes lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero seven six that is right so check out those show notes and you'll get all the links to let me know and answer our question for today have you flown and if so what are some tips and tricks that you have and so that brings us right around to the last lap of the podcast and i just want to remind you guys that the best thing you can do is to subscribe to the podcast so, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button or ring that bell so you don't miss another episode. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast catcher, maybe Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, something like that. An easiest way to do that is just go to the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 076. There are buttons right under the audio player. You click on that, you go, you subscribe. It's totally free, and it makes sure you don't miss another single episode. And to give us a wrap-up here at the end of the podcast, I want to give us a quote, something to remember about the topic that we've discussed today. So, hon, why don't you read us our quote for today? The quote for today is from Henry Ford, and he says, when everything seems to be going against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. Mm, that's really interesting. Henry Ford, of course, a great famous American, invented the, what was that thing, the moving assembly line or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to build cars. And so, the idea that the plane takes off against the wind and not with it. Sometimes whenever you're visually impaired, whenever you've lost your sight, it can feel like you're taking off against the wind. But we know that airplanes do that on a regular basis and that's how they get into the sky. So sometimes when it feels like that, you just remember that those airplanes take off against the wind. And finally, guys, just a reminder that all the information found in today's episode is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name's Derek. And I'm April. And we'll see you guys in the next one.